0: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show.
1: Okay, welcome to an emergency edition of the uh, Twins Show podcast. Zolged and Jake DePugh, uh, New Year's Eve, we found out this morning, Jake, We got the big news. The Twins have finally made those pitching moves we've all been waiting for so excitedly. They're finally here. They come in the form of Homer Bailey, who is 33. And so you're thinking to yourself, oh, veteran pitcher, veteran pitcher. So they added two. And yes, they did. And Homer Bailey is basically a child compared to the other guy that they brought in, Rich Hill, The left-hander, who is 39 and will turn 40 during spring training on March 11th and is likely to miss the first half of the season, Jake DePew, after undergoing surgery on his pitching elbow in November. Your impressions of the two signings, which I'm going to assume right now, in the Twins' mind, fills out the rotation to a large degree for 2020?
0: So, Homer Bailey really does nothing for me. Um, He was good down the stretch last year uh, with when he got traded to the A's, uh, and so I'm guessing they're banking on him being able to reproduce that for the first couple of months of the season while is out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, he, but he's been bad. I was talking to, to Manny just for the show, and um, in 2018, he had a 1 and 14 record, which I know wins and losses don't mean anything, but that's still kind of an amazing stat. Yes. Uh, and he had an ERA over 6 for like three straight years. Um, so he, I think what the Twins are thinking is that he can, like I said, fill in uh, for, for Pineda through the first month and a half, and, and if he can have an ERA of around four and a half, then I guess that's decent production um, well, okay. out of the, the fourth spot. But, this is not um,
1: very positive so far. Keep going. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Rich Hill, I, that signing is basically for, I think, September and October, that Rich Hill when he pitches, is a really good pitcher. I mean, if you look at his numbers, they're outstanding. It's just that he's hurt constantly. He's coming off, I think, like a modified Tommy John. Correct. I believe, if I read that correctly. You did read that correctly. Um, Yeah, so I think the way that they're viewing him is basically he's like a trade deadline acquisition, that he'll be back right around August 1st, and if he can give them 10 decent starts down the stretch and start a couple of playoff games for them and is the Rich Hill of the last couple of years, then it's not a bad investment for 3 million bucks and he might get a, a little bit more based on incentives, but um, so I don't hate that move at all. I actually like that move, mm-hmm. but it can't be their big splashy impact, quote unquote, impact pitching move, right? Like they have to do, they have to still make a trade for an impact. I,
1: I you know what, at this point, I'm going to stop guessing y- your logic makes sense. I'm done guessing. I don't know. I don't know that. And, and, so the the way I see things, Jake, right now is at least going into spring training and if people don't get hurt, opening day, Barrios one, Odorizzi two, Bailey three, right?
0: Yeah, but then they still need to fill out four and five, and I'm assuming one of those will be Dobnik, Smeltzer, or Thorpe, but they still need another arm. I don't think they can go into the season with two of those guys in the starting rotation for, for a month and a half, plus Homer Bailey, who could be awful, you know? Like that would not be nearly enough. So I'm assuming, and maybe I'm wrong to assume. That, I just
1: don't know that, at this point.
0: Yeah, well, it's hard. To, it's hard to say based on how the offseason has gone. But like in my mind, you still need to get another number two or three. But could start. they get a
1: guy like that? I mean, could could they get could they get H- Homer Bailey two to be their four? And it's just that these, they're. Lack of activity on the free agent market, and just as importantly, I think the lack of activity of actually trading uh, potential top-line prospects for pitching has led me down a path that it's very difficult for me to guess what's next, but I guess I'm not going to be shocked if we find out in a week or two weeks or a month that they've added another pitcher who can fit in there as the four, but that we don't look at and say, oh, that's the move.
0: Well, that would be very disappointing to me, Mm -hmm. Um, and that would be a a failure uh, if they just add another, you know, four guy with the four and a half ERA, uh, who can you know maybe give you five innings or whatever, mm-hmm. like they they still need to get somebody legit, somebody who's right there with Barrios and Odorizzi. Um I'm not, I don't know that they will because I've I've been disappointed, uh, you know, with their free agency uh, as most people have to, to this point. So uh, I thought they would already have that guy by now. I'm just saying, if I was if I were running the Twins, that would be my view of this. Like, these are fine signings to supplement the rotation, but it doesn't change the fact that they still need to get an impact starter.
1: Okay, so I'm actually doing a column about this that I'm going to post this afternoon on scorenorth.com. The more I thought about this after seeing the Bailey and Hill signings, let me run a theory past you, okay? Okay. And I don't think you're going to like it, and I don't, despite the fact I like the pitcher. But I've got a new internal working theory about what they're doing, and that's this. They think Barrios can be a clear-cut big league ace, which I've seen at times. And at times I go down that path, and at times I don't. But in their mind, they think that Barrios is going to be their clear-cut top guy. They think that Jake is going to come back, and he's going to have a good year. And so he is their second guy. And then after that, I think they're they're piecemealing things, and Pineda's going to come back from the 60-game suspension in May, and he's going to start, and if he does great, he ascends right to the three. Uh, to your point about Rich Hill, they think, oh, we we got to steal on Rich Hill, and if and when he comes back, despite, and I'll say it again, he's going to be 40 on March 11th. He's an old man as far as sports go. But this seems to me like they are, are setting themselves up willingly and knowingly To apply a ton of pressure on Brios, and they seem to be, as far as I can tell, okay with that. I question it because, and the reason why, uh, for instance, that Mad Bum intrigued me, it's not because his stuff is great, but his mentality is. And I don't know if putting this all on Brios' shoulders is smart, but my current working theory is that they think more of Brios, not only physically, but also mentally, than we might. And that's not to rip the kid. I really like him. I just don't know if dumping this all in his lap is is a move for a team that really should contend potentially for a World Series.
0: And I would add or maybe modify that just a little bit to say that maybe they think more of themselves and their ability to develop pitching. Right? Like, I think that Falvey – and look, they've developed a number of pitchers, but I think that he sees – himself and, and this front office sees themselves as a front office that can develop really strong pitching internally, and that they're putting their chips into the development of not just Barrios, but Graterol, uh Johan Jahan uh, Duran, and those types of guys, and that, and that they think those three that I just mentioned can step in and, and be legitimate impact pitchers in the second half. I do think that they've developed those guys well to this point. I don't agree with that logic based on the where they're at in the winning window. But I I agree with you that I think that could be what they're what they're thinking. That Burelles is a clear cut ace, and they're going to basically piecemeal it together and develop some of these young guys so that they can contribute in the second half.
1: Which and if you're going to go down that path potentially, here's what I would say to them: is okay. If you think that Brios is ascending, and he is a good pitcher. Don't get me wrong, okay? I'm not trying to say he's not. I like him a lot. But if you're saying that he is ascending to the path that you seem to be indicating you think he is, then you know what? Game one, ALDS, Yankee Stadium. You can't go after, what, four innings of that game in 88 pitches. Okay, it's time to go to Zach Littell, right? You've got to say, Jose, man... We trust you for five. We trust you for six. You are our ace. You, you know, by the time you get to the two or three, if you go bullpen or, or the the uh, bullpen potentially plays a big role in game two or three or four, that's well and good and great. But if this is who you think Barrios is truly, and you're confident, and you're putting your chips all in this basket, then what you're telling me is game one lights out. Let's say he goes seven. Okay. And, and then Jake, game five, he comes back. And if you don't have that, if if you sat down with Derek and Thad right now and said, do you have that confidence? And they wavered and they said, well, we think we do. I would say, well, wait, 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 wait. If you don't with where you are, and to use your phrase in the winning window, if you think you're there, then you've got to have that confidence. And if you don't, then there's got to be another logical step. And I, you know what? It's not Garrett Cole. It's not Strasburg. I get that. But then it is somebody who who you are going to have to trade prospects for, and I know you love these kids, but you're going to have to have somebody who you think aligns with Barrios to say, no, you know what? Worst case, we trust this guy to start Game 1. And right now, that guy, beyond Barrios, is nowhere near, as far as I can tell, the staff.
0: Yeah, well, I I agree with you. I, I mean, they... In my view, they need to add another legit arm. Um, I don't know how they see Barrios internally. Uh, it's very possible that, that you're right and that they think he's going to take that next step. Um, I agree; they pulled him too early for sure in, in Game One um, of the LDS last October. But uh, I, I don't know. It's a, I, I, these guys also seem very hesitant to trade prospects, right? Like they seem a too little much. Bit so I
1: think. Quarters. Too much so. in In my yeah. opinion, I think they've got. To, if you if you're as good as we suspect they are, you've got to make decisions that internally might really suck and be hard, but you got to do it at some time, at some point.
0: Yeah, I mean i I've, I've said many times in articles and on podcasts, et cetera, like they need to go all in. They need to be extremely aggressive, and if that means parting with a Royce Lewis or an Alex Kierloff, uh to get, you know, whether it's John Gray from Colorado or somebody at that level who can at least be a number two for you, then, then they have to do that. Like, it, yes, it sucks giving up top prospects, but, like, the AL Central is wide open. <laughs> yes. It, it could not be more there for the team. <laughs> yeah. And so far they've watched the White Sox get significantly better because the White Sox realize, and Keiko said this in his uh, press conference yesterday, he said the AL Central's wide open. I think the White Sox see that there's a winning window here and they're being aggressive. That, yeah, to me, is you're what right. the Twins need to be doing. Yeah,
1: because um, Cleveland, I think I think deep in the Indians' hearts, they want out. I really do. I think they'd love to uh, bail out. They've got pitching, but they've got a lot of things. If they trade Lindor before spring training, they want out. And, yeah, Keiko's exactly right. This division is there. And, and what's frustrating, I, I think, from the Twins' fans' perspective is it's there, but the Twins are really damn good. And you would love to see Falvey and Levine take the AL Central right now by the throat and say, bleep it, we're going to be good. We expect to be good for four or five years, but you know what? In 2020, we're going to be damn good. And we're going to not only win win the division, but we are going to make a playoff run. And there is nothing in my mind that the Twins have done since uh, they lost to the Yankees and gotten ousted that has sort of said that.
0: Yeah, and so so here's my take on all this. I I think we're in agreement that Salvi and Levine have done a really good job to convert to transition from a hundred loss team to a hundred win team in three years. That's damn hard, and they've done it. Mm-hmm. And I think that their strengths are in development um, and and putting together you know systems behind the scenes to to get the most out of these players. And they've done a great job of that. Like their young core all progressed pretty rapidly since they've taken the the reins, where they have failed, in my view, or maybe fail is too strong a word, but where they haven't really um, accomplished what they need to accomplish is in the trade and free agent market. right? Like in 17, they sold and then made the playoffs. Yep. Uh, in, in 18, they got a bunch of prospects. They sold Ryan Presley, who had control and became the best reliever in baseball. They, sold, um, they traded away Escobar, who became a, a really good player in Arizona and got an extension. We'll see how that works out. Uh, they they signed Lance Lynn and Logan Morrison and Addison Reed, the big contracts. None of those worked out. Uh, and then they didn't get a starter that they needed at the deadline last year. So, like, that's the one area that, to me, I've been less than impressed. And that has continued into this offseason. And until they get a big free agent yep. like Josh Donaldson uh, or trade for an impact starter, that narrative is, is fair. So I think it's fair to say, yes, they've done a great job overall, but they haven't Done a particularly good job in player acquisition.
1: And I, I think for me in 17 it was frustrating to watch, but I sort of got it, right? I mean that that team struggled. They they made the trade for pitching near the deadline, and then they were sort of struggling, and then they bailed. And I said to myself, well, I sort of get it. This team's not that good. And and I get the players were frustrated and mad and it actually might have galvanized that team. And they got it to the uh, one game playoff against the Yankees and obviously lost at Yankee Stadium in that game. But I sort of rationalized that, Jake, and said, oh, you know what? That team wasn't that good. And I, okay, I can sort of get it. I think where, where Falvey and Levine might have started to lose me a bit and where I've grown really confused now is July 31st of last year now. Um, the fact that on July 31st of 2019, with a, in a division that let's call a spade a spade, sucked, okay? Um, and, in a circumstance where you looked at the twins and you said, whoa, this is a damn good baseball team. I mean, they are, they are, if anything right now, ahead of schedule. They've got some good players. They are obviously hitting home runs at what became a record rate. Um, and the Yankees series to me that you play, that they played a target field in July where they basically got battered, but it was a fun series and it was a heavyweight offensive matchup. But, I don't know in my life watching sports if I've ever seen executives presented with a platform of, here's exactly what you need. You've got to go get starting pitching. You have to. And they didn't do it. And they didn't touch their top prospects. And so I said to myself, okay, I'm going to be patient with that because let's wait till the winter. Perhaps they'll spend, you know, I didn't like it and I criticized them, but I thought, okay, the next step is, is the winter and free agency starting. And you know what, Jake, they did nothing. For the most part, and I'm sorry, but Homer Bailey and Rich Hill don't move the—they don't move the needle for me to say, "Oh, well, now you did this." And so, I think my confusion a little bit with what Derek and Thad are doing—it um, it, might have been a little bit there in 2017 with those moves. But if there's a trigger point for it for me, it's July 31st of 2019, and I'm still here saying. Okay, what are you going to do? And and my final point about this, and I've told Phil this on our show before too, and it drives me crazy. I hate when executives say the window is open and there seems to be this hubris of, well, now that we've jammed the window open, it's going to be open for five years. And I think to myself, this is pro sports. A ton of things can go wrong. If you're good, you're just good. And if you're good, pounce on that. And right now it's as if the Twins are saying, we got we got a toe in the water and we don't mind that, but we can't do this. And I think to myself, no, to your point, with where this division is right now, pounce, throw a knockout punch, do something, anything.
0: Yeah, so it, it's strange because Salvin Levine and Terry Ryan could not be more different in terms of how they approach things and their, and how they act as a front office, but they are similar in this idea of building a sustainable winner and constantly kind of being in contention, but never taking that next move and really going all in. Right? In 2010, it was Terry Ryan not trading for Cliff Lee, yep. which could have put them over the top. And last last year, it was not trading for that same type of impact starter. It, it's the same idea of let's just be competitive and get in the tournament year after year, and hopefully we'll get lucky one of those years. And what's happened is they set an all-time record for most consecutive playoff losses because they never had the pitching to match up to the, to the Yankees. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I think th- this is the time to, to go all in. It's, it's clear, and I will say, let's give them another two months, right? I mean, they could make a trade. Uh, and we could be I'm growing skeptical,
1: first. Jake DePew. I'm growing skeptical. It might not be fair, but I am.
0: You, so you don't think they'll acquire any sort of uh, starting pitching via trade between now and spring training?
1: I'm growing, I'm growing fearful that we're going to see Homer Bailey too added as the fourth starter going into spring training.
0: That that would be immensely disappointing, um, and I would definitely rip them for that. I, I'm willing to wait and see, but I agree, free agency has been a, a disaster. I do think the idea that people that I mean, let's be honest. Minneapolis, I, I was born and raised in Minneapolis. I absolutely love the Twin Cities. It's my favorite place. But I've lived on the west and east coast, and the national perception of Minneapolis is that it's exceedingly cold and there's nothing to do. That, that's just the reality. Mm-hmm. So I do get that it's hard for free to get these free agents. And also, when they've come through Target Field in the last few years, there's a pretty good chance that they were playing in front of 8,000 fans who did not care at all what was going on in the game mm-hmm. because that's been Target Field for most of the, of the last – decade really and so it's a tough sell to to convince these guys to come i I do think that there's something to that and i think that's hurt them um but still i mean it's their job to get creative and and figure out a way to get this done now if they sign josh donaldson that changes the the narrative quite a bit absolutely Uh, but i don't
1: but you still have to get pitching somewhere and and so my thing now is this i you know and and it's going to pain them and i don't care my thing now is you, you've got to take, I think, a top five prospects, a prospect and put together a package and trade for a starting pitcher. What, what would you suggest? So if you've got a couple of trades that come to mind, and I know you like to speculate about this, and certainly at scorenorth.com write about these scenarios for us, Jake. What do you think makes the most sense as far as a potential trade? Uh,
0: I think John Gray in Colorado makes a lot of sense. That organization is a disaster. Uh, they had a terrible year last year. I don't know what's going on over there. Um, but my guess is they want to get out from, from under John Gray. He probably wants to get away from Coors Field. And he's a really good pitcher. I mean, I, mean, I, I know the numbers have been a little bit up and down, but uh, he throws gas uh, and and has been very reliable. So I think he makes sense. I do think Noah Syndergaard makes a lot of sense, and I think the Mets are, are so idiotic mm. in decision-making that that you might be able to fleece them um, Hmm. and and get Syndergaard. And I think Matthew Boyd from Detroit is a guy who would not be a top-line starter, but he would be a solid number three, Um, and they need lefty pitching, left-handed pitching. So I think those three guys could work, and and like you said, I wrote about that. I also think it makes a lot of sense if Boston's willing to eat a third of David Price's contract to, to get him for three years and about $60 million. That would essentially be like signing him on the free agent market. David Price is basically a free agent. Boston Red Sox, they don't want anything in return. They just want to get under the luxury tax, right? Uh, And so he's a free agent. The Twins could sign him if they're willing to spend the money. Uh, And he is one of the better pitchers of of the decade. And I know he had injuries last year, but I think that's a risk that would be potentially worth taking. But, yes, they have to do something. They have to trade for an impact starter, even if they sign Josh Donaldson you have to trade for a starter um at some point in the off season and certainly no later than July 31st. What is the uh,
1: what is your potential fleecing of the Mets look like? I'd be curious to hear that one cuz Syndergaard certainly would he he would change our perception completely of uh this winter here.
0: I mean, who who the hell knows what Brody Van Wagenen is going to do because he gave away Marcus Stroman for the Twins equivalent of like Duran and somebody who's, you know, like, maybe Nick Gordon. Like, I don't know what the hell he was thinking with that trade, so it's impossible to speculate, but, like, I would personally give up Kirilov uh, and maybe somebody like Blaine Enloe, um, and Eddie Rosario for Syndergaard. And, and that's a lot to give up, but you have two years here before baseball strikes and we lose the entire 2022 season. You have two years where you can legitimately win a World Series. You are right there. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. You're
1: competitive. Yes.
0: Away. Yes. So go all in. I, I just go all in and trade Akira for or a Lewis uh, as part of a package for, for Noah Syndergaard. I really believe that he's out there and that pitchers like him are out there uh, for, for the right price, you know. And, and it's just for once in this organization's life, they need to just push all the chips in and make a trade that might look really, really bad in five years uh, for, for a chance at a ring. Because it's, it's just – it's I don't see how they're going to get through October with their – even if Hill is really good, I just don't see how they get through. Well, and odds are he's going to
1: get hurt at some point. I mean, you can't bank on that one. He's 40 years old. He's only 10 years younger than me. <laughs> I mean, it's – no, I'm serious. It's like if that's what you're banking on – then you're banking on the wrong thing, baby. And now, if he pitches for you, okay, that's great. But the second that he grabs a body part and limps off, you're like, oh, okay, we expected that. Not, oh, my God, we're losing Rich Hill. So that drives me crazy. Well,
0: and the other issue is that we're assuming that all these starters are going to be healthy all year. I mean, you never go through a season with five or six healthy starters, ever. So right. Like if Barrios goes down for a stretch or Odorizzi goes down for a stretch, then then they're in really bad shape. Right. Then you're looking yes. at multiple, you know, of like Smelter, Dominic, Thorpe, et cetera, pitching a lot of innings for you. So they need more. I mean, they, they need more from a depth standpoint, but they but they really need more at the at the top of the rotation.
1: Last thing you bring up a great point and, and it stinks to talk about. And when I talk about it, I get people who say, don't talk about that. It's very negative, and blah, blah, blah. But your point is outstanding. And I've I've never personally tied these two things together. But when we are talking about the Twins' opportunity to win, uh, which is definitely there right now, your point about the strike or lockout, and I think it's going to be a lockout, is a great one. Because I don't think Rob Manfred cares. I think he's Gary Bettman, too. He just wants to win. He doesn't. I, I honestly think in 94, it pained Bud. It pained Bud to lose that season. It pained him immensely to lose a World Series. I really do. I think Rob Poor Manfred, Bud. if he loses a World Series, he will announce that it's 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 not being played and then go to the finest five-star restaurant in New York City and not think about it again. You bring up a great point, which is everything these teams do should be done with the thought process of, in a few years, we will not be playing baseball for a summer. And if we are, I will be shocked. Because Manfred and and his guys, whether it comes to how they've handled the big league players, the uh, service time issue, how he's gone about things, and I realize it's not the same group, Jake, as he has done things with the minor league players. I think everybody's timeline should be based on, we won't be playing baseball for a summer, so everything you do should be based on trying to win before that summer.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think there's a very legitimate chance that, this is total speculation, but that yeah, that there's no season in 2022 because the players have a right to be upset. I yes. mean, the, baseball is the only sport in the world, as far as I know, that keeps their best players in the minor leagues for like half a season. You know, to, just to manipulate their. It's ridiculous. And like Dallas Keuchel and and uh, I'm blanking on the other guy that wasn't signed until June. Uh, uh, the closer uh, Kimbrell. Like They weren't even in uniform until June because of this absurd system that's in place. Guys don't get paid when they should be getting paid, and then by the time they become free agents, they're 30 years old and nobody wants to pay them. I would be pissed if I was the players, and and there needs to be significant change, and like you said, Manfred doesn't seem keen on uh, meeting them halfway or even close to that, so yeah, I, I think it's it's realistic to say we have two more years to get this done because who who the hell knows what's going to happen in, in 2022.
1: And I believe I'm correct in saying that free agency started circa 1976 or so, Jake. And I believe I am right in saying that since that date that it started in the mid-70s, okay, it has been six years of service time to become a free agent. Think about that. It's never changed. But the problem now is those guys, uh, so if you're ascending into your 30s, You used to get paid. Now you don't. So if I'm a player, I got to get that down to, I think, about four years. I'd like three. I probably won't get three. But I need it to be four and not six and not five. And if I'm a player, I am more than happy to sit out and miss a year to get that. Because when you think about this whole service time thing and the amount of time that you have to accrue to hit the open market, six years is ridiculous. And, and so young, great players aren't being paid now. And by the time they mature and, let's say, get to that second contract, a lot of teams are like, whoa, 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 we don't know if we can pay that. So the whole system is goofed up. And I think that Manfred's in place there to try and break the players. And I will be shocked if the players say, oh, that's too bad. I think the players are going to say, bleep it. We have not had a work stoppage since 94, which is a long time and pretty doggone good, but now it's time to do it.
0: Yeah, and, and actually Brian Dozier, I think, is the perfect example. So in his age 28 season, which I think was his fourth full year in the big leagues, he had that year in 2016 where he hit like 40-something 40, 40 home runs and you know was one of the best players in baseball, right? He If he was a free agent after that season, what would he have gotten like four for a, he would have been getting like a Josh Donaldson type of contract yes. right yes. instead he has to play until he's 30 or 31 and now he's you know he he took a one year deal with the Nats, and it was a backup basically at least in the playoffs and now he's going to struggle just to find a, a major league job yep and there are so many guys out there just like Dozier who hit their prime at 26 27 28 and are under team control and and then get to free agency at 30 or 31 and they're a shell of the player that they were and and they never end up really getting paid and and there's enough money out in the system for these guys to get paid hell yes
1: you got that right there's plenty of money out there okay sir thanks much he's jake i'm judd thanks for tuning into an emergency edition of the uh twins uh show podcast as the twins sign rich hill and homer bailey uh today it's new year's eve we just had to react to that happy new year's and i'm sure we'll talk to you soon